Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the Quite Earnest podcast. Please give it up for E.J. Allen. Hey, what's poppin', everybody? Welcome to the Quite Earnest podcast. I'm your host, E.J. Allen. Thank you for tuning in wherever you're tuning in. I'm on Apple. I'm on Google Podcast, I'm on Amazon, I'm on Spotify and some other platforms. Your boy is all over the place. So you can find me somewhere. Um, what you do, hit that button for me, that subscribe, that follow, that like button. Do me a favor, hit it, tell your people about it, help your boy out. On today's episode, we're going to do a recap from the last podcast. There was some kind of error in the playback, you know, and you missed a few minutes of it. So I'm going to give you a recap on what I was talking about. I was going over the, the reversal of Roe versus Wade. And I was just ranting about a few things. So I'm going to, you know, spend a few minutes talking about that. And we're also going to hit the mailbag. And we and I got a couple of questions from um, some people in the mailbag this week about NBA free agency and a couple of opinions I might have on that. So we also are going to talk about NBA free agency. But before we get into all that, man, I'm going to tell you guys something that might surprise you. But as a black person, I'm not real big on racism. Like racism ain't my thing. You know, like I like to play chess once in a while. Uh, I like baseball. But racism, you know, thumbs down to the racism. But sometimes there are moments when racism does pay off, those rare moments. Uh, I was on my way to a show this past Saturday. Uh, I was walking down the street and, you know, it was a nice day. I, I was in a good mood. It was a sunny day. Um, it was late in the afternoon. And I... There was this white couple. Uh, it was a man and a woman. Uh, I knew they were a couple because they were holding hands. And they were walking um, in front of me, maybe like 75 feet in front of me. And uh, I noticed the guy, his shirt was lifted in the back. And there was something in his back pocket that was hanging out that appeared to be a wallet. So he continues walking. They continue walking for maybe, I don't know, another 15, 20 feet. Then that thing that appeared to be a wallet falls out of his back pocket. So I keep walking. I get to where the thing fell out and it was a wallet. You know, so I pick the wallet up. I, you know, I proceed to, you know, get into, go into a light jog, you know, to catch up to the couple. I get approximately 20 feet behind them. And I, I yell, excuse me. Hey, sir. And they both turn around and look over their shoulder and they continue to walk. So I stop the light jog. I get into just a fast paced walk and I'm like, excuse me, sir. And this dude turns around. Has his arms out straight with his with his hand, you know, flat like he's, you know, like he's telling me to stop. And he says, quote, unquote, no, I don't have anything for you. And I'm like, what? Did this motherfucker just talk to me like I'm a dog? Like I'm some kind of animal? This nigga just told me to heal. He was like, no, I don't have anything for you. And they turn around 
and continue to walk. And she's just, you know, I could tell just by looking at them and her the way they conversated, she was just like, oh, you know, really huffy about, you know, I, I was just trying to return the dude's wallet, man. Just trying to return the dude's wallet. So I'm just standing there, you know, kind of stuck, not really shocked, but I'm not sure what to do, man, because, you know, people that know me, you know, I'm going to tell you, first of all, I'm trying to be a better person. You know, I'm trying to work on the way I handle things. I'm trying to be less confrontational with people because I'm, I'm, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm a New Yorker, man. I'm not, you know, I'm not taking anybody's shit out here, but, you know, I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to be better in the way I communicate. You know, I'm trying to be better in the way I handle my mental health. So, you know, I'm just standing there trying to, you know, think and process and figure out a proper way to handle this. So, you know, they keep walking. Uh, they get to the corner and I see them make a right turn, right turn down the corner, around the corner. And um, so I'm just, just still standing there. And I almost forgot the fact that I had this wallet in my hand. So I open up the wallet and I look inside and I'm like, sir, you're a liar because apparently you do have something for me. And that something for me was one hundred and twenty eight dollars in cash and a and a coupon for free Ben and Jerry's. Right. At the Ben and Jerry shop. $128 in cash. And he had some other stuff in there. He had his ID, uh, credit cards. You know, he had his 24-hour fitness card. You know, some other bullshit. You know, he you know, he was like one. He was one stamp away from a free espresso at Starbucks, baby. One stamp away. And he lost that shit because he wanted to be an asshole. So, you know, I could have been, you know, a good person and took the wallet to, uh, a police station or you could put someone's id i think you still put them in the you know in the mailbox you, you know someone loses their id you could legally just put it in the mailbox but i'm like fuck this dude and i working on being a better person so i threw the dude's wallet in the trash after i took the 128 and you know the coupon for free ben and jerry's yeah man that i mean pfft. Was I wrong? I mean, I tried to give the dude his wallet back. I tried. I tried. Like, what was I supposed to do? Like, he, yeah, he could just, yeah. He paid my phone bill. He paid my phone bill, and I appreciate, I appreciate him for that. He paid my phone bill, man. Sometimes, on rare occasions, racism pays your bills, man. And, you know, uh, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area currently, and, um, the thing about the Bay Area, the thing about the San Francisco Bay Area is, you know, it, there's there's an issue of race, racism here, just like there is, you know, all over the country, all over the world. But, you know, there's also an issue of classism, you know, because there's a lot of super wealthy people here. There's a big, you know, wage disparity, a big income disparity in the Bay Area. You know, a lot of, you know, millionaires and billionaires and, you know, ton of homeless people you know and sometimes you know things here aren't racism sometimes it is an issue of class but that dude don't know who the fuck i am because the thing about being in, in in the bay area a lot of people a lot of the money comes from tech 
And I know you've seen how a lot of these tech workers dress. You see how Mark Zuckerberg dresses. You know, a lot of these tech guys, you know, it's a button-up and T-shirt, jeans, or just a T-shirt and jeans. You know, you don't know who people are when they're walking down the street in the Bay Area. You know, the bummiest dude could be a, you know, startup hedge fund billionaire. You you never know, man. But, yeah, it wasn't an issue of class. That dude didn't know who the fuck I am. That dude was just, you know, he saw a black face and, you know. Try to be an asshole, and I appreciate it, you know, because he paid my phone bill, and and I had some chocolate ice cream on him. So you know, I'm not going to you know shout his name out <laughs> on my podcast because you know I don't want to get in trouble. Plus, I don't want to do contacting me, you know, ask me for his money back because you ain't getting it. Peace. So there was an error in the playback on the last pod, and it sounded like my voice was being fast-forwarded for a portion of the pod. Like, I don't know exactly how long, maybe a four or five-minute portion in the middle of the pod. And I don't don't know what happened, man. Like, uh, what I usually do is when I'm recording is I usually record it in segments, and then I go back, edit the segments. And then, you know, I just throw the whole thing together and I just released it out to the world, you know, as one piece and I edited each segment individually and there was no issues, you know, during that process. And one thing about me is I don't listen to my podcast until later on. Like I don't, you know, go to a platform like Spotify and listen to my podcast immediately after I put it out. You know, for one thing, I don't, I don't really like listening to myself. Like, I don't like listening to my voice. Um, It's a thing, man. Uh, Same thing with stand-up comedy. I don't like listening to my voice. I I hate, hate watching myself on video. Um, It doesn't matter how good of a set I have. I just just hate watching myself on video. And I don't know why, man. Just something I'm trying to work through. And it's something I'm definitely going to have to work through. Because if I'm going to be doing a podcast, I'm going to have to, you know actually hear myself and listen to myself sometimes and I'm gonna have to be doing that a lot more so it's something I'm working on you know trying to get over myself trying to get over this hump but yeah I man I have sometimes I cringe when I listen to this man I don't know but um uh yeah in the playback there was a section that was you know kind of sounded like my voice is being fast forwarded and um I'm basically just gonna go over a recap of what I was talking about at that point, and I was just basically talking about um, the Supreme Court ruling on Dobbs versus Jackson's Women Health Organization, or as most people know it, as the case that led to the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Um, yeah, I was just basically talking about this, uh, the conservative agenda on the court now, and um, I don't think the word agenda is hyperbolic because I think we actually see, we actually know there's an agenda now and um we know there's an agenda because when they um overruled uh Roe versus Wade, Clarence Thomas in his um concurrent dissent and his concurrent opinion, he was out there talking about the court should go back and look at other cases like uh contraceptive and um same sex marriage. And it's just like what the hell does same sex marriage have to do with abortion? And the answer to that is nothing. It's just another right 
it's just another avenue that they could restrict the rights of people in this country, man. And that's it's sad, man. This is this is the way we're heading, man. Birth control, man. Why are you trying to stop people from using birth control? You won't stop people from walking down the street with an AK-47 or an AR, but you're trying to stop people from using condoms? What the fuck kind of shit is that? Hey, man, but this is this is kind of where we're at in society right now. Yes, this is this is this is the place where we are, man. And I was also talking about, you know, this might get a you know have a few people but hurt. And I was talking, but I was talking about how, you know, this hurts black women. This hurts women of color, you know, the most. And I know this is an issue that affects all women, but it hurts women of color the most. And you know. Because the numbers say it does. Uh, first of all, you know, how did we get to this point? Uh, we got to this point because we have this, this ultra-conservative-leaning uh, court. Um, how did we get this court? Because Donald Trump was elected president of the United States, and he was able to appoint three judges to the United States Supreme Court in one term. And how did Donald Trump become president? One of the reasons he became president is because the majority of white women in this country voted for him, not once, but twice. In both his presidential runs, the majority of white women in this country voted for him. Right. I I mean, so that leave. Yeah. I mean, the other women in this country didn't. The vast majority of other women voted for someone else who wasn't Donald Trump, you know, and. Plus, we all know that, you know, the social economics, you know, situation in this country. We there's poor white people in this country. I know that. But, you know, the average white woman makes a lot more money than, you know, women of other ethnic ethnicities and races. We all know that, you know. So if you live in a state where, you know, abortion is illegal or they have these draconian restrictions on, you know, what you could do with your body, you know, and you have to travel to another state to receive some kind of medical care, you know, obviously people with money, it's a lot easier for them to do. It's a lot easier for you to do that, to travel, you know, to cover these travel costs and cover these medical costs when you got money. And, you know, it's just a sad situation. A lot of people are going to get left out in the cold on this one, man. And, um, but I want to talk about Texas specifically for a second, because there's, there's something very interesting happening in Texas that, you know, a few of you might have heard about um, in the state of Texas. Abortion is currently illegal after six weeks. Um, yeah, there's a woman in Texas named I want to get her name right. Brandy Batone. I think it's Batone. B-O-T-O-N-E. Batone. Um She's in the news now because she recently was driving in the state of Texas in the HOV lane, uh, a carpool lane, and she was pulled over by the police and she was ticketed for being the only dr passenger in the HOV lane. But her argument was that she was 34 weeks pregnant. So, in fact, there was two people <laughs> in that vehicle, not one. And the cop said, no, that's not going to fly. So apparently she's fighting this and it's a lot of people are just looking to see how this case turns out because you can't tell someone that, you know, 
Because that's a, one of the biggest arguments in abortion is the viability of you know when does this per when does this you, you know this fetus become a viable person, right? That's one of the big arguments, and that's not argument I want to get into, but that's one of the big arguments, right? When does this fetus become an actual human being? And in the state of Texas, apparently they say after six weeks. When it comes to abortion laws, so if you know you're a person after six weeks, why aren't you a person after 34 weeks? And a lot of people are just sitting back looking how this is going to be ruled upon because, you know, there's, yeah, I'm interested to see what happens. Yeah. Um, keeping a staying in Texas, I didn't even know about this, man. There's something in Texas. This is wild. This is crazy shit out here, man. There's something in Texas called the Texas Senate Bill Eight. Uh, a lot of people refer to it as the abortion bounty law. In the state of Texas, you can legally sue someone for having an illegal abortion. You could sue someone for having an illegal abortion. You don't have to know this person. You don't have to have anything to do with this person. But if you know this person had an abortion after six weeks, you just as a regular ass citizen could take them to court and sue them. And if you successfully sue them, the state of Texas monetarily compensates you. What the fuck? The government has undercover agents in your uterus. They got narcos. They got people snitching on you. Snitching on you. For what? Dog, man, they they 21 jump street in people's fucking wounds, man. They out here. Why would you do that? What what do you get out of that as a human being, as a person, man? Like, you know, I don't I don't understand these. You know, I was talking to a group of women who call themselves pro-lifers, but you know, I call them anti-abortionists, not pro-lifers, because you know, they they you know, they claim to be pro-life when it comes to something in someone's uterus, but, you know, they don't give a fuck about grown-ass people walking down the street. You know, you're pro-life when it comes to something that's unborn, but, you know, if the police came out here and wrongfully shot a black person, murdered a black person, you know, are you pro-life then? What are your stances at that point? But, yeah, man, I was talking to this group of women, and we were having this debate about abortion. And, you know, like a lot of people, most of it was going back to some, like, deep religious fervor. You know, basically, because, you know, basically a lot of, you know, this anti-abortionist is based on, you know, an evangelical Christian stance in this country, you know. And, listen, I'm not a religious scholar. I don't know. But from what I know about the Bible, man, that shit says save yourself. Like, it doesn't say, you know, go out here and stop other people. Like, it, the Bible, basically, from what I've read of it, you know, it's it just talks about you and your personal relationship with God. And if you're listening to this and you're a believer in God, I'm not here trying to knock your faith whatsoever. You know, if you believe in God and that's something that brings you peace. You know, that's something that brings you joy and love in your life. I'm I'm really happy for you. But you know, dog, live your own existence, man. Live your own existence, man. Cause how 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 is it helping you? You know, being nosy, you know, snitching on people. 
Ain't there something in the Bible about snitching? There's got to be something in the Bible about snitching. Don't be snitching. Ain't nothing in Ecclesiastics. Ain't nothing in Matthew about snitching. I don't know, man. But, uh, yeah, living in a crazy society, I feel sorry. A lot of women out here, you know, in different parts of the country are going to, you know, face some hard choices, man. Then they want to try to take birth control away. You want to take abortion and birth control away? What the f***? Ain't nobody out here going to be, man. It's going to be hard out here. Hard out here for you, somebody, for a lot of these dudes, man. They take away birth control and abortion. Man. It's going to be dry season out here. Dry season. Get ready, guys. We're in for a long one. As I told you at the top, uh, a couple of people asked me in the mailbag recently some of my thoughts on um, NBA free agency. And I'm going to be completely honest with you, man. I haven't been paying any attention to NBA free agency. Not a, not, not a whole lot of attention because there's nothing really happening right now in NBA free agency. Um, it hasn't been a lot of movement, not a lot of major transactions between teams. Like A lot of people decided to stay home. Uh, James Harden, he opted into the last year of his deal with Philly. So I guess the 76ers are going to run that back with Embiid and James Harden, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, yeah, uh, the maxed out rookies, uh, you know, as we all know, we're going to sign their max deals. The Zion Williamson's, the Darius Garland's and, uh, Cleveland signed their max rookie deals. So not a whole lot of transactions, not a whole lot of movement going on. There was one major deal that I that happened that I do want to talk about in a couple of minutes. But yeah, man, I, the only thing people are really, you know, waiting on in free agency is to see what happens with, uh, with the Brooklyn Nets, man. What happens with Kevin Durant? What happens with Kyrie Irving? Um, apparently, the Nets have made a decision that they're going to try to trade Kevin Durant before they deal with the Kyrie Irving situation. And I don't, dog, I don't understand what anybody in Brooklyn's doing. Like, everything that's going on with the Nets right now is a huge question mark. Because, first of all, I don't, like, I've seen a lot of reports since free agency opened. Um, a lot, like, I don't know what's true and what's not true. I've seen some of these, these reports. And, you know, if some of these things are true, like, the Brooklyn Nets are asking way too much for Kevin Durant. Like, I've seen reports where they're asking for an all-star, two all-stars, you know, just a bundle of stuff, man, that they want for Kevin Durant. And let me tell you something, man. Kevin Durant's probably one of the top 15 players of all time. He's arguably the greatest offensive player in the history of this league, arguably. Like, you know, like, but you... In the NBA, historically, you don't trade star players and get star players back. That's not how it works in the NBA. Like, you know, the Nets are going to have to temper their expectations a little bit, even, you know, in trading a guy like, you know, if Kevin Durant's stature. Plus, Kevin Durant, like, Kevin Durant was drafted in, what, 08, I believe, out of Texas? He was drafted in 08. 
No, he's going to his, what, 15th season, something like that? Kevin Durant's 34 years old. Man, you know, he he's he's getting up there, man. You know, um, how much of an investment does a team want to make in, you know, Kevin Durant? I mean, he still seems somewhat in his prime, but you never know when the drop-off is going to happen. And, you know, I'm in this, and I'm plus I'm assuming that, you know, any team that, you know, attempts to trade for Kevin Durant is going to be in a win-now situation. I, I, nobody's trading for Kevin Durant, you know, to rebuild, you know. But I, I'm confused with, you know, the Nets are asking way too much for this dude. And Kevin Durant, you know, I saw a report, and I, I forgot the source. I don't have the source on me. I do remember it was a verified member of the media on Twitter. And that person had a report that, you know, Kevin Durant would be willing to play for the Miami Heat, but he wanted to play with Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Kyle Lowry. And I'm just like, dude, if you play with all of them, who the hell is Miami going to trade to get you? Like, everybody's expectations are all out of whack. Um, you've heard... I've heard the trade rumors to Miami. I've heard the trade rumors to Phoenix. And I don't know who Phoenix would trade. Like, who would you want in Phoenix, honestly? Maybe Chris Paul. Chris Paul's 37 years old, man. By the time, you know, he's going to be 38 in May. He's 37 years old. I don't know how much longer you can rely on Chris Paul. Do you trade for Devin Booker? I mean, listen, man, Devin Booker is a fantastic scorer, man. If you need somebody to go out there and get you buckets, if you need somebody to go out there and drop you 40 points, Devin Booker's your dude, man. But Devin Booker doesn't make your team better. Like, he's never made his team a winner just because he was on the basketball court. Like, Devin Booker's not going to be the number one guy on the championship team. At least not at this point in his career. He might grow into that. But right now, he's he's not that guy. So if you trade for Devin Booker, you're just getting a score who not, who's not necessarily making your team better. DeAndre Ayton? I mean, he's a free agent. Maybe you could do some kind of sign and trade for DeAndre Ayton. But, you know, how how. Good is DeAndre Ayton on a consistent basis. Like we've seen DeAndre Ayton be pretty good, you know, in spurts, but he's he hasn't done that consistently. And if you if you sign and trade for Deion with DeAndre Ayton, you're gonna have to sign him to a max contract. And do you want to pay DeAndre Ayton a max deal? So like, you know, who would you trade for in Phoenix? Who else? It's Miami, it's Phoenix. I've who else is out there? I've heard Toronto. Toronto might be a good spot. I mean, he has players that he could win with in Toronto. I think that possibly could be a good fit. But does he want to play north of the border? I mean, he there's good leadership in Toronto. You know, Masai Jury, one of the best, you know, one of the best, you know, presidents of operation, one of the best GMs. One of the best front office people in all of basketball, man. You saw what he did with the different Nuggets, you know, making that franchise relevant. Uh, you saw, then he went to Toronto. You saw what he did in the Kawhi Leonard deal. Basically, you know, 
mortgaged the franchise for one year of Kawhi Leonard, and that paid off. Got that uh, Toronto Raptors, uh, you know, an NBA title. So the Raptors could be a good fit. I've also heard the rumors of him possibly to the Denver Nuggets. And let me tell you something. The Denver Nuggets, uh, you know, on the outside, that looks like, you know, it that's a possible fit. Because for one, the D- Nuggets, you know, put a pretty good package together, a pretty good trade deal together. You know, maybe something centered around Jamal Murray. Uh, I don't know if they could do, you know, do something with Michael Porter, you know, just because of his injury history. But, you know, they could definitely work some kind of deal out, you know, centered around Jamal Murray. And I'm going to tell you right now, man, if Kevin Durant winds up going to Denver and playing with Jokic, the whole league is on notice. It's warning for the entire league if you get them guys playing together, man. But yeah, man, like everybody, everybody, I'm just confused about what the Nets are going to do, man. And even after they clear that up, they still got to deal with Kyrie Irving. Honestly, if I was Sean Marks, if I was the GM of the Brooklyn Nets, I would, you know, do whatever I had to do to get Kyrie Irving out first. And then I wouldn't even try to trade, you know, Kevin Durant. If I got something good enough, you know, good enough offer, you know, um, then I might, you know, consider it. But at this point, I'll tell Kevin, you know, we're not trading you. We have you under contract. What are you going to do? Let me ask you a question. If the Brooklyn Nets actually did that to Kevin Durant, do you think Kevin Durant's going to sit and not play? Because I don't know Kevin Durant, but I I have a, I don't think Kevin Durant's just going to, you know, sit on the bench and not play. I don't think he's going to do a Kyrie Irving. Dude, I'll tell the Nets, listen, we're going to trade Kyrie, and we have you under contract. We're going to try to rebuild around you. We still think we can win a championship with you, and you're going to be here. If you don't want to play, we won't pay. Let's see what he does with that. Yeah, man, and, it, and if they did that, I have to admit, that would be kind of fucked up because, you know, Kevin Durant, he's he's, he's a, you know, a causation of this whole situation. Not the total causation, but he's part of it. But it'd be kind of fucked up if the Brooklyn Nets took some kind of hard line stance with Kevin Durant after they fucking basically let Kyrie Irving run a run sh- in a rough shot. But at some point, they got to do it. And regardless whether, you know, what works out with that organization, whether they wind up trading Irving, Durant, whatever happens, what are they going to do with Steve Nash? Like, if, is Steve Nash still going to be your coach? Like, how good of a coach is Steve Nash, man? Like, before he got this Brooklyn Brooklyn Nets job, as we all know, he's never had, you know, a coaching job at any level. And he comes right into his first job coaching. He comes into the NBA coaching Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Now, maybe that's just a little too much, especially what was going on with Kyrie and the COVID situation. Maybe, you know, maybe that's just too much for, you know, a first-time head coach. But, uh... I don't know, man. Like, what do you do with them? Maybe if you got rid of both those guys and you got yourself in a position where you have some pieces to actually rebuild, maybe he's that kind of guy. You know, because he's, I mean, people respect Steve Nash, but, you know, Kyrie ain't listening to nobody. And Kevin Durant might listen to you if you're helping him out. But, you know, those, those, what are you going to say to those guys, man? But if you got some young guys on your team rebuilding, you know, you got a Hall of Fame veteran player. coach who was a hall of fame player you know and steve nash maybe he could coach in that situation i just don't know how good of a coach he is you know 
anyway. But yeah, man, I'm confused about what they're going to do in Brooklyn. But yeah, I was GM. I'll tell Kevin Durant, we're keeping you and you're going to play. If you don't want to play, sit down. Uh, that's what else is going Oh, yeah, I, t- I said I wanted to talk. There was one big transaction that I did want to talk about. And uh, the Utah Jazz traded their center, Rudy Gobert, to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, I'm going to say something a lot of people are not going to agree with. But first of all, Rudy Gobert was the best player on that Utah Utah Jazz team. And a lot of people are going to say it was Donovan Mitchell. Listen, Rudy Gobert showed that he has limitations when it comes to postseason basketball, especially with the way they play in the NBA game, smaller lineups, spreading out the floor, forcing a dude like Rudy Gobert to go out, you know, stretch him out to maybe the three-point line to actually play defense on someone. So, yeah, he does have limitations when it comes to that time of year. But Rudy Gobert is three-time defensive player of the year. Rudy Gobert blocks shots, and he protects the basket. He protects the rim better than anyone in the NBA. Like Donovan Mitchell, really good player. He's an exciting player, but he's a volume shooter. He's a volume shooter. He's kind of he kind of reminds me a little bit of a Devin Booker because he's a volume shooter. Who I think Devin Booker is a way more efficient scorer than Donovan Mitchell. So I'm not going to lump those two completely together, but they're scorers who neither one of them plays really good defense. And you can only go so far with those dudes, man. So, but the thing is, like, I don't understand why the Minnesota Timberwolves traded for Rudy Gobert. Why do you need a Rudy Gobert on your team when you have a Carl Anthony Towns? The fact that they had to go trade for Rudy Gobert tells me a lot. You know, I mean, you didn't have to tell me a lot about Carl Anthony Towns. You know, I could see what's going on with Carl Anthony Towns just by watching that dude on the court, man. But the fact that you had to go get an all-NBA seven-foot player to come play with another all-NBA seven-foot big man in today's NBA just shows you how weak Carl Anthony Towns really is, dude. Why do you need... Because Rudy Gobert is a starting player who's going to play 36, 35, however many minutes a game he's going to play. And I know those. I know the Minnesota Timberwolves are probably going to stagger their minutes somewhat, but there's going to be a lot of times when those dudes are going to be on the court together. What are you going to do when they're on the court together? When Rudy Gobert is under the basket protecting the rim, what the hell is Carl Anthony Towns going to be doing? Is he going to be right off in our offense, man? When you got Rudy Gobert just sitting under the basket, you know, just rebounding, wait, what is Carl Anthony Towns going to be doing? Is that seven foot big man just going to be standing out by the three point line? What good are you standing out by the three point line if you're going to be seven feet tall and big? Now, I understand the way they play the modern NBA. Even, you know, Jokic, Joel Embiid, Giannis, all those big dudes go out. They like to shoot threes, but they also play in the middle of the paint, man. Carthony Towns is just soft, dude. We, why do you need an all-star seven-footer when you already have an all-star seven-footer? 
This isn't 1985, man. This isn't how basketball works nowadays. Maybe, I mean, they might be, they'll probably be really good in the regular season, but what are you going to do in the postseason? Like, do you go out and get Rudy Gobert to sit him for the last five minutes of, of every playoff game? Like, how are y'all going to work this out, man? I don't know. But, like, I, that's been the major move in NBA free agency so far. And it's just something I, I don't understand, man. I just think it's a huge indictment on Cat, man. Just a huge indictment on that dude. He's soft. He's soft. Man, stop. You know, you can shoot threes. You can shoot threes, man. Put your back to the basket, man. Back somebody down. You got all that size. All that size for nothing, man. It's such a shame because Cat arguably is, you know, the most skilled man his size to ever play in the NBA. No, I'm not I'm not taking away from how talented that guy is because Carl Anthony Townsend is just, as a, as a basketball player is extremely talented, extremely skilled, but man, you can't be that big and not act like you that big. Come on, dog. Do better than that. It's time once again to take a question from the mailbag. And honestly, I would like to answer more than one question from the mailbag and I appreciate you all listening to this you know a podcast once again um, I always thank you but you guys gotta do a better job of sending me some better questions man like some of these questions are just really like stupid are you know I don't need you sending me some overly sophisticated geopolitical nonsense but you guys could ask me some, you know, some better questions, man. I'd be getting questions like somebody asked me, do I like Norwegian film films? Do I watch Norwegian films? You know, another person asked me, uh, do I prefer pancakes or French toast? Like, what? Like, huh? Yeah, that's some of the questions I get. And if you're curious the answer to these questions, the answers are no and pancakes. Yeah, but I'm going to take a quick question out the mailbag. And this question is from Tobias in Los Angeles, California. And Tobias asked me, if I could marry any woman in the world that I didn't know, who would it be? Hmm. Uh, first of all, Tobias is trying to get me. You got somebody for me, Tobias? Like, why? You got somebody in mind? Why are you trying to get me hitched up? But um, I thank you for the question. Uh, yeah, if I could marry any woman in the world that I didn't know, um, I would marry whoever Wikipedia told me was the oldest female billionaire in the world. <laughs> like, that's my answer. Um, and I know some of you listen to this thing. That's fucked up, but you know, the operative words in the question were didn't know. And if I don't know you, why else would I marry you? Like I don't know, you know, I don't know anything about you to love you. you no, know, I don't know you, so I'm you no, know, I'm gonna gold dig, you know, why not? You know. Uh I didn't even you know look up this you know, I didn't even look up to see who this person might actually be man i might actually have to move because you know i don't know who the richest oldest woman in the world is you know she could live in you know china or india or some shit you know but hopefully it's an american 
you know, and it's not because I'm xenophobic. It's because I think it'll be really fucked up to be like the richest person in like a really poor country. Like I, I wouldn't want to be the richest person in India, you know, living in a palace and like literally hundreds of millions of people in my country don't even have toilets. And, you know, so I just probably, you know, wait for her to die and just move back to the U.S. anyway. You know, there's already, you know, disparities, you know, income here, too. But, you know, at least I'll feel a lot better about it. You know, I can help some people, you know, stun on somebody. Spend my spend my well, spend my well found billions. <laughs> Man, I just wish, you know, a white dude to just keep dropping wallets. Everywhere I went, just everywhere I went, just occupation, just, you know, collecting money from racist white people. I don't know. I just know that that the thought just drifted in my head from the first segment. I don't know, man. But yeah, I'm just Wikipedia, whoever, the, you know, whoever that person is. And that's probably who I would marry, you know. I, I don't have a better answer to the question. Uh um, going back to the abortion thing real fast, um, later on in the summer, I'm planning on having a multiple part series on some of the things that are happening with the U.S. Supreme Court. As I mentioned on the last podcast, um, I was aware of a lot of things that were happening on the court because I was doing um, research on a particular story for a pod. And I'm actually going to turn this into a small series, maybe a three-part series in a few weeks about some of these going-ons in the Supreme Court, about some of these particular issues and go more in-depth. And I didn't go really in-depth on the abortion topic because I don't, in my mind, it's not, you know, something that you can have nuance or context on, you know, whatever side of the issue that you stand on, you know, there's not much, you know, a person on the other side can do to provide, you know, change your mind about it. You know, you either got the fervor for, you know, if you're anti-abortionist or you want, you know, safe medical care. And that's about it. But um, I'm about to get out of here, guys. Thank <laughs> you. just rambling at this point. Thank you so much for listening to me, man. Uh, Don't forget, man, wherever you listen to this, hit that subscribe, like, follow button. Um, I'll be back with you next week. Until then, thank you so much and peace.